prostate sounds like? Oh yes, sweetheart. Hold on. Place of hell is the basically the place of cleaning of your soul. Uh, you're, it's like when you die, your your soul gets put in the washing machine, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean, and it's getting clean. And it's getting clean, and it's getting clean. Watchman Radio. Representing East Coast Watchmen Radio. 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 Say what? Say what? Watchman Radio representing East Coast in the land of Florida. God, we are ready, real, and right, and we are broadcasting. And um, check and see if Alan's on the line. Alan, you with us? Yes. All right, sounding pretty good. We're going to do the Saturday broadcast and violate the Shabbat. How about that? Yeah. We are literally uh, causing our servant to work on this day because... Uh, servant slash services. Get it? You're paying for a service. It's technically your servant. If you're paying for uh, to have electric, it's a service slash servant. It's a violation of the Shabbat. All you Torahites running around slamming everybody, thinking that you somehow found the golden ticket to salvation of works-oriented mindset, are in a delusion. Okay, it's not even it's not even up for debate anymore. Okay, because you could cause your servant to work on the Shabbat by literally. Uh, not having your electric off, not having having your freezer off, not having your internet service off. So you're a violator. That's right. And then you want to go around, and, t- and this is why I learned this from the Jews over in the five towns in Long Island. That's where I learned it from. You know how I know? Because many, many years ago, I used to have to go over there to the five towns, Hewlett, uh all the Jewish communities and I'd hang out with the Jews. I hang out with them and I learned 
the Shabbat, and they told me this. They had me install. I used to do security systems, and um, I had a, they'd call me over there to do service on their system because they couldn't have the uh, power on, the red lights on the motion detectors, uh, and they couldn't have um, power on the siren or any of that because I had to put flips. They would call them Shabbat switches, and we'd install them on the on the molding. And on the Shabbat on Friday, they would have to race home before sundown, they told me. And they would flick these Shabbat switches, and it would kill the power. Because they knew what I'm telling you of of causing your servant to work. Service, get it? So these uh, Midwesterner Torites that are running around, that think they have the golden ticket to how to do be get your salvation through works are literally damning themselves for not even understanding the context of scripture of causing your servant to work. And then they want to bop everyone over the heads. Bop, bop, bop. You're not performing it correctly. You're not wearing the TC straps on your grind. It's modern day Judaism going on. I'll be touching on the fulfillment of the law of Christ here in one second. All right. Alan, are you back? I am back. Actually, Alan is a Hebrew. Well, I was born a Hebrew and I was bar mitzvahed, but I got born again. It's bar mitzvahed. Really? Yeah, bar mitzvahed. (laughs) Exactly. You know, these fake Jews, they go to. Uh, make me a Jew.com DNA test. They all seem to find the same one. And all of a sudden, they pay $20 and they're all Jews. It's unbelievable. Where's your bar mitzvah pictures? I bet you Alan has them. Right, Alan? Don't you? Yes, I have them somewhere. Wolfenstein's a Hebrew. These fake Hebrews are crazy. They, they're Judaizing people. They don't even know the word where you cause your servant to work. I just showed you the five towns over there in New York, what they do. They know the scripture. They think the fake Jews are apostate. They think what they're doing is apostate. It's like never-ending judgment. But somebody has figured it out. They kind of have the happy medium, and that would be the Midwesterner, flyover country, want to be, go to, want to be a Jew.com DNS DNA test, and all of a sudden they're Jews overnight. You know what? I'm going to make myself a Jew too tomorrow. I'll go to the same website. So this whole, those that call themselves Jews and are not, are the synagogue of Satan. Why? Because it's lies. Liars. They're not even performing the ordinance of the law correctly. And because of it, will be damned. Why? Because they projected the falseness of the ordinances that they were not achieving appropriately. And now they are damned for it. That's right. Judge not lest you be judged. Incidentally, I will touch on that scripture. Uh... The Lord has showed me this, I believe, this weekend to ease some of our minds pertaining to having to be these Lorites, Torites, Torahism running around 
a Judaizing people, not even appropriately. Now, uh, Galatians 6, Paul, by the way, Paul was not Judaizing people. This whole concept where Paul was running around Judaizing people is false. That's why when they penned the epistles, they literally wrote in Greek because they were talking Greek. Jesus is what they were calling Jesus. They weren't going around, hey, you got to be top Jewish. They weren't doing that. And by the way, they were literally talking Aramaic. That's why all the recorded speech of Jesus Christ was in Aramaic. That's right. Check it out. He was speaking Aramaic. The recorded, when they break away, in the book of Matthew, by the way, when they break away and they record Jesus speaking in another language, when you research it, wow. It's Aramaic. Hosanna rooted in what? Aramaic. Mekeseldek, G, Gentile. So the bestowment of the blessing of the covenant came from a king of Gentiles. G, really? Check out the name Mekeseldek. It's rooted in Canaanite. Who do you think was inhabiting uh, Salem at that time? It would have been Jebusites and Canaanites. The bestowment of the blessing came from a king of Gentiles. Gee, it's like the it's like the gospel went full circle, full circle, man, and went. Pew. There's no Jew, Greek, or Gentile anymore. So says the Word of God. All this believerism identity politics going on is to create corruption and division it's the same technique the satanic libtards use with identity politics it's all rooted in marxism galatians 6 2 carry each other's burdens and in this way let me start it again galatians 6 2 Carry each other's burdens. How are you going to carry each other's burdens when everybody's fighting? Everybody says the golden ticket of doctrine. Everybody's quarreling and, oh, I got the way. Meanwhile, you're operating no power. There's no demonstration of power. We just had someone last night completely delivered of uh, vertigo. Right, Alan? You were there. Yeah. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Power of God. Amen. Boom. Vertigo gone. Into the pit. Vicky comes crying. We see her crying. But what happened? You prayed for me. Both the tumors in my breasts have disappeared. They didn't have to take my left and my right breasts. I forced them to do a new MRI. Boom. Healed. Me and my wife prayed for her. That's demonstration of power. That's real testimonies. Engaging in communion. Boom. Healed of COVID three hours later. Gone. Right? You were there, Alan, right? 
Yep. Dan, he, Dan got healed. Yep. Three hours later. 100%. And never got it again, by the way. <laughs> never got it again. Demonstration of power is what Paul talks about. When he was relaying to people with all this idiocy, false doctrine penetrating the churches. Get messages all the time. I was at strike the head of the serpent. People laid out. Demons coming out. I was delivered of smoking. I was delivered of alcoholism. I was delivered of this. Boom, boom, boom. I was delivered of Kundalini. Why, why is God confirming what we're saying with power? Why? And why do so many people seek out zero power and demonstrate zero? They churn up some fake fart miracle. There's no doctrinal evidence of it, of actual Vicky's tumors vaporizing. Unexplainable. If we were preaching falseness, we'd be just like them. Zero power. Zero real documented testimonies. That's right. We don't want to be like them. We like operating in power because God confirms the covenant with signs and wonders. Flim flam, flippy floppy, cake bake, delusional doctrines of necrotic nitwits. Perverting the truth and the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I say Yeshua I don't care what you say. Sit down and shut up. I'm gonna call Yeshua Kashakaka to strike you. Go ahead, do it. It's just unbelievable. You, we preached in New York City for years. You go on a subway train, Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ set you free and wants you to come to him tonight in the name of Jesus. You start preaching. Some will get offended. Some will come to the cross. You get on these subway trains, Yeshua, they don't even know what the hell you're talking about. You know why? Because you're just creating confusion. Thinking you have the secret ticket of the golden ticket of some secret word that's given you zero power. It's comical in a way. It's actually comical. You could do a whole sitcom series on this. Now, Paul was preaching in the Greek language. That's right. That's why it's penned in Greek. He wasn't injecting Judaism on them. In fact, we went over Acts 15, where Peter literally says, the burden that we tried to carry and our ancestor tried to carry, talking about the ordinances of the law. Peter said it. Look at Acts 15. It's right there. That's not Paul saying it. I know all the fake Judaizers want to bash Paul. Well, Peter's saying it in Acts 15. Galatians 6, 2. Let's start again. Carry each other's burdens. 
And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Do you see, Alan, do you see where Paul's going here? Um, I think so. Bear ye, basically, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Help your fellow man. Is that where he's going, Richard? The body of Christ, our prayer group that we have, when someone comes in there hurting, what do we do, Alan? When someone comes in there with vertigo last night, what do we do? We pray for them. We bind and rebuke demons and devils of vertigo, and uh, we pray the blessings of God, and we praise and thank God for it. And then she got up and started walking. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do we pray like this? God, please heal them with vertigo in the name of Yakushuka. Do we do that? No, we don't do that, and also we don't okay. say, oh, Lord, if it be thy will, because it is God's will. First Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. Amen. Carry each other's burdens, and in order to do so, we have to love one another, guys. The divisions and nimrotic narcissism going on today, and a lot of it has to do with social media. I can't get billed up on social media. I am banned on all the networks. Okay? Um, maybe I would become a, a, a narcissistic, nimrotic nitwit too. But nobody can see my posts. Okay? I'm banned. Now it says you have some issues. <laughs> used to say I, I am blocked. Now on the bottom of my Facebook, it now says you have some issues. And I click on it, and all my issues come up. Why my posts aren't going out to my... The one thing I got to commend to um, Facebook, on all my profiles, at least they tell me I'm, I'm shadow banned. I think that's kind of nice, isn't it, Alan? Yeah, that's very classy of them. They could have just, you know, uh, hide from you and uh, pretend everything <laughs> everything's fine. But uh, no, they actually have the guts to tell you. Amen. I'm shadow banned. They tell me I am. They don't call it that. They say all your posts go into the bottom of everyone's news feed for 90 days. Well, guess what? After 90 days, they seem to find a new violation. Like I'll post a meme and that meme, I see other people posting it and there's no problem. The second I post it, I even said to someone, I I posted the same meme. How come you're not banned? I don't get it. So I'm being scrutinized on there, and I wonder why. I wonder why I'm targeted on all these social media platforms. I wonder why all my YouTube channels are shut down. I wonder why Watchmen Radio number one that Alan runs and pays the money, he pays them. I wonder why when you go to shadowband.com and you type me in, I wonder why that account is shadowband and it tells you it is, and I wonder why Skywigger. That other account is also shadow banned. All my accounts are shadow banned. And my YouTube wiped out. What do I got left? I got left Rumble. That's it. I wonder why I'm being so targeted, digitally profiled by algorithms. I wonder why. Okay? I think it's because I'm calling out the truth in many ways over many years and have predicted accurate things that have come to pass. Not like these flim flammers. I have literally gone out and specifically said that this would happen. Would take, take some gonads, by the way. 
Alan, you've seen you you actually have been when I called the elections. That was kind of sticking my neck out, wasn't it? Yeah, because uh, predictions are dime a dozen. But uh, you heard from God in 2016, Trump would win, and praise the Lord, that's exactly what happened. And then you heard, praise the Lord, you also heard from God in 2020 that Trump would uh, win, but uh, Biden would steal it, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, amen. Not only did I say steal it, I actually in that vision that I posted. I specifically showed how they would do it with dead people's ballots, right? So Yeah, um, Joe, Joe and Jill Biden were digging up uh, freshly dead bodies and taking Polaroids of them. And uh, the Polaroid, it's a Polaroid camera from the 70s because that's at least as long as it's been going on. I, I don't know how old the Polaroid camera is, but that's how old the, vo- the having dead people vote thing fraud is. Amen. Guys. That's my interpretation. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, the, Alan picked up another part of that dream I had with the Polaroid camera. He's saying that, and he he's accurate with that. That they've been cheating with this for many years. But you see, I called that out when everybody thought Trump was going to win. I said he is not. I said that it would appear that he won, but then by the morning they would steal it, and that's exactly what happened. I said in 2016, and it's on my Facebook. And I'm sticking my neck out there prophetically when I say it, and it's there. I said that Trump would win, that God would curse their plans to cheat. And it says it. You can read it. And literally said they will blame Russia. Gee, that happened. So, of course, I'm digitally profiled. They don't want any real prophetic. They don't want, they allow the falseness. The demonic algorithm will churn out the falseness crazy. But if you're targeting it and you're nailing it, the demonic algorithm will shut you down. And that's what's happening to me. We went over last week that cake bake flim flammer with 1.5 million views on YouTube. I clicked on it. It was a live feed and they brought the wife in there. It was a big event. And they say the Lord, things will get bad. Keep your eyes on Christ. And then it ended. And I'm like, I mean, that, the algorithm is pumping that out. And millions of Christians are, are liking it. And I'm saying to myself, is this what it's become? What is going on? I mean, if you're getting that generic of a word, you got to get into some serious fasting and prayer. Literally, really, come on, man. I just cannot, I I feel like I'm in another world. I mean, it's unbelievable. And that's why we have Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. People ask why we have that up there. Because in that picture, at that moment, she's saying, we're not in Kansas anymore. And that's the way I feel. The whole world has been twisted and inverted. And I want to go over some of that today. Because one thing I can assure you, as the judgments are rolling out, guys, and totalitarian is linked to the white horse in Revelation 6. The white horse, the conqueror, that nimrotic spirit, is rooted in... In what we're seeing going on with with the satanic libtards. God is allowing this. 
And you might say, God's allowing Antichrist? Yeah. It says not by his own power in the book of Daniel. That's why the arrow, you see it, it's poison dart. They're using the vaccine linked to the green horse in Revelation 6. Really pale horse. But if you look at the Greek, it's green, right? It's sickness. It's pandemics. They're all riding and working together for the same cause. To put you into captivity and bondage. To have you receive the mark. To be damned. That's right. Hell is real. Like the nut bag we played at the beginning of this broadcast. Another nut bag. It's just crazy what's going on. People don't even believe you go to hell to be cleaned. I mean, this this is where we're at, people. Damnable doctrines manifesting everywhere. Wildly. That's why Paul turned that guy over to Satan, that he wouldn't be damned. He knew how terrible it would have been. That's why we got to turn him over to destroy his flesh so he would stop sleeping with his mother or whatever was going on. That his spirit would be saved. If you're going to be cleansed in hell, what's the difference? These doctrines, let's go over some of this. The warnings of the apostasy. And people are being turned over to reprobate minds. We know somebody and we tried keeps having sex with a succubus, right, Alan? It just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he, for many decades, he was rebuked by many Christians and through many dreams to knock it off with harshly yelling at new believers and breaking their spirits. And for decades, he didn't repent. He would, he might repent for five minutes or a few weeks, but then he'd go right back to doing it. And finally, that's where he is. He's, his memory is very weak and uh, he doesn't know what he's doing and he's acting like very uh, an insane person. It's very sad. Amen. Well, he's also stalking Taylor Swift, trying to marry her right now, sending her certified mail of the of the marriage request, and then having sex with a demon that comes to him that looks like Taylor Swift. I mean, this is crazy stuff, guys. You don't want to be turned over to a demon. You don't want to be turned over to an apostate teaching. Cursed is anyone that twists the gospel of Jesus Christ. The simplicity of the gospel. And the curse comes also by a reprobate mind. A hardening. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. This is Paul dealing with the flim-flammers going around that had no power. They don't have any power. Paul's reminding them here. We demonstrated power. That's the confirmation of my message, he said, which was the simplicity of the gospel, which against Judaizers. Oh, yeah. Read Galatians. It's pretty clear. We went over Galatians 6. He said that's the fulfillment of the law of Christ. Psalm 
2 Corinthians 11, we're going to touch on verse 3. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. What do you think that means, Alan? That uh, being a Christian is very simple, as in love God, love people, follow Jesus, and uh, keep the word. But uh, it's possible to go off on rabbit trails into all kinds of stuff, like keeping the law. The book of Galatians addresses that. Um, And there's lots of rabbit trails in the Christian life, all kinds of false doctrines. And when it's just love God, love people, follow Jesus, help your fellow man. Simple, simple, simple. Amen. If someone is indoctrinating you with something complicated that seems like you got to struggle at it, like there's ordinances involved, the liberty of the spirit is being drawn away, the letter killeth, uh, you got to take note that you have left the simplicity of the gospel. There is a, and this is what he's warning about. That some are going to come in to corrupt your minds from the simplicity of Christ. Just like the devil beguiled Eve, it says. Gee, it's a demonic doctrine. Hath God said, hath God not said. That you should do this, 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 this. Hath God said. It's a lying devil. Beguilement of false doctrines. Not with no power, by the way. That's another sign you got to look for. First Timothy chapter one. Want to go over. Uh, Paul was dealing with many injectors of false doctrines. First Timothy chapter 1, we see verse 18, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. You see, this is a fight against false doctrine, guys. You got to fight the power of the beguilement of the serpent of the taking away from the simplicity of Jesus Christ. Fight against this foul, demonic, beguiling spirit. Now, Paul knew about this because he's going to demonstrate here how he was dealing with other nutbags that were flying around perverting the, the gospel. And he's teaching Timothy that he's going to have to deal with these nutbags himself. Like we deal with these nutbags. Holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. You see, you can start off in the faith and the simplicity of the gospel, and then the beguilement of the false doctrine penetrates something that looks good, that's wrapped up, and it all of a sudden swipes you away, and you're shipwrecked. You're now on a sandbar. 
You're not going anywhere. You're now, boom, knocked off. Which some have rejected, holding on to the faith in verse 19, he's saying. And have been suffered shipwrecked with regarding of the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to teach them not to blaspheme. Now, if you research these prominent believers in the church of Ephesus, they too were doing the same thing. They were indoctrinating and twisting the gospel, taking away from the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. And Paul heard about it and he dealt with them. They were handed over to Satan Oh, yeah, these were church folks twisting the gospel. Think about it. Check out these members of the churches of Ephesus. This is what this is going on. The twisting of the simplicity of the gospel beguilement of the serpent. Their teachings will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hyrnaeus and Phileus, who have departed from the truth. This is in 2 Timothy verse 2. Again, dealing with other individuals. Okay? Uh, we see Phileus here. Another person in the church that began to pervert the simplicity of the Gospels. Of Jesus Christ. This perverted gospel was spreading. You read about it here. That Paul is warning Timothy. In verse 18. Who departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place. And they destroyed the faith of some. Okay. So twisting of the gospel taking away little elements of the gospel of Jesus Christ, moving blocks around of the gospel, creating confusion. Paul was dealing with all this. And again, we end in Galatians 6. The fulfillment of the law of Christ to carry one on each other's burdens. This has to be going on. The Christ... Christ wanted us unified. We can't have all these doctrinal divisions. The simplicity of Christ is what we need to get back to. Right, Alan, or no? Or no? Yeah, the simplicity of the gospel is filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and full of good fruits and full of victory. Because if, if it's not victory, God doesn't have anything to do with it. And I want to be able to Uh, worship God, get blessed, bind devils uh, and tithe and prosper and and meet the wife God has prepared for me and uh, help others and uh, teach others how to get this victory also. And not so it's not just for me. And I'm like the one guy. No, no, no. I want to be able to impart how to get victory to other people. And it's simple. You know, love God, follow God, help people and follow Jesus. Do what Jesus did. You know, pray for the sick, uh, cast out devils, heal the sick. Uh, speak loving words to the broken and uh, have a good 
good uh, tongue lashing for them like he did in Matthew 23 when they have it coming. Amen. Guys, do an evaluation on some of the whack job teachings that are going around right now because the enemy is moving. Okay? If it's not in the simplicity of the gospel, you better raise an eyebrow to it. Now, I want to touch on here a little bit in... uh, Uh, Matthew 24 where Jesus definitely gave the advice to his people. I'm going to read in Matthew 24 verse uh, 15, 16. Uh, I think I believe it starts there. So when you see the standing in the holy place of the abomination that causes the desolation spoken through with prophet Daniel... Let the reader understand, verse 16. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the rooftop go and down and take anything out of their house. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. He's trying to represent a state of urgency of fleeing. Okay. Because there's this other twisted doctrine going around that we're all just supposed to uh, take the verse, if you look to save your life, you'll lose it. And they take that and they bend it and twist it and mold it in a way where you're just supposed to be complacent and passive and just die. Okay? That's, that's the teaching. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where they get it from, but they're taking the message of the simplicity of the of the gospel. That's what saves us. There's no other way to, to be saved but through Christ. It's not talking about taking appropriate measures if a storm is coming. It has, Alan, does it have to do with that or am I making a mistake? Uh, it, it basically, when you, it says you say, if you save your life, you lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. What it's talking about is losing your pre-Christian sinful sick self that had unregenerate thinking, that had an unrenewed mind. That's what you're supposed to lose for Christ's sake. Uh, you lose your old habits. You lose, like, for example, before I, before I was a Christian, I, I watched lots and lots of movies, played basketball, played video games, uh, ran after lots of women, uh, wasted lots of time doing all kinds of worldly things. And I, laid, and I also thought ungodly thoughts. And uh, I laid that all down. And now, instead, my day is dominated by the Lord Jesus. I have taken up Christ, and uh, I claim according to Bible verses, that I'm dead to sin. I'm free from sin. I walk in newness of life. I worship Jesus. I tithe. I uh, spend time with other Christians, praying, uh, casting out devils, healing the sick, studying the Bible, things like that. I have uh, lost the old pre-Christian, sinful, sick, time-wasting basketball video games life. I've lost that life, and I have gained Christ instead. That's what it means to lose your life in order to find it. Amen. Not to suicide like you said. Amen. 
It has nothing to do with taking preparations if you see a storm approaching. That's a psyop of the enemy. Believers are taking Scripture and bending it, twisting it like the devil did, to psyop you to just become a slayed sheepy. Just go along at the program and just die. That's what they teach. Well, I'm showing it in Matthew 24. Jesus told them to use their legs and run. Okay? Do you see it doesn't line up? If he's saying run and escape them, escape the Antichrist system, run to the mountains, how is that not fleeing? Is he lying? Is he lying, Alan? Am I missing something? If I'm wrong, I want to know, uh, please. No, fleeing is good. Especially since, you know, King David did flee when Saul when uh, Saul and his son Absalom wanted him dead. Uh, Paul did flee, being lowered in a basket over the city wall when it was time, you know, when people wanted him dead. The Lord Jesus also, I believe, did depart into other areas of Judea when the locals wanted him dead. So fleeing is perfectly biblical. There's Bible verses to prove it. And the Lord Jesus is urging us to do it, to Stick around as long as you can. Use those legs and go elsewhere and uh, live to tell about it and have more children and spread the gospel. Amen. Here's the, here's the problem, folks. You guys are not listening to accurate teachings, okay? We just went over the whack jobs earlier on, twisting the simplicity of the gospel. And they are cursed, by the way being handed over to that reprobate mind. And I will tell you this. If anyone's teaching you to be complacent and just die, it's not what Jesus is saying. You should be active and proactive on the escape route plan here that he's talking about. He wants people to keep on keeping on and to do exploits. I just, it's so sad watching people get sucked away in demonic doctrines. You find one twisted guru who's got no prophetic utterances that have ever come to pass, and if they do, they're like a generic one that's real wide-spanned and vague. Things will get bad. And 1.5 million views. I literally predict the World Trade Center come down. FBI uh, 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 dispatched against me. Which they already knew who I was because I was working in the porn industry that was all run by, you got it, the Lucchese crime family and the Columbos. Oh, yeah. I already had a file on me. (laughs) I was already involved in some weird stuff. Okay? Almost got killed. Check out Cinderella video with an S. Crooked Hill Road in Brentwood and look at the FBI raid that went on there. I was there. Okay? I've been around all this stuff. I lived the life of a criminal before I got saved. I was a crazy criminal. And 
Later on, I became a believer, and when I had the Twin Tower dream, the FBI was confused. So they contacted Rocky Scarfoni because they knew him in Georgia, and they asked him what was going on. Am I a threat? And he showed him that it was just a dream he had. And he's like, a Christian now, like Rocky, has become a Christian. He also was affiliated with the crime families in New York. Okay, Rocky Scarfoni, all right? Now, when you have something accurate, that's what happens. You get stuff like that happening. When you have something not accurate, and it's not specific, everybody loves it. It's unbelievable. I was persecuted. I am, are you kidding me? When I had the Trump dream in 2015, Alan was there at that house. They laughed me out of the house. Trump came on the TV. I said, God show me he will win. <laughs> Everybody started laughing at me. I felt terrible. Even Maria was felt bad for me. She was sitting there when everybody was laughing. They were laughing. You know why? Because this was early on. Early 2015. And they said he was doing it to sell stakes. That's what they told me. They said it was a publicity stunt. I said, no, the Lord showed me he will win. Laughed at. How do you think I feel about that? Being laughed out of a prayer, uh, a prayer meeting. It's not too much fun. But if I had something generic to say, oh boy, everybody would love it. This is the problem today, folks. People follow people with no power. People follow people with no accurate prophetic words in their track records. I don't want to do that. When I, when I sit back and look at the situation, I say to myself, okay, what's that person's track record? Are there miracles, real, confirmed miracles happening in that meeting? I want to know, is this wrong, Alan, that I want to know this stuff? No, it's not wrong because uh, I think the Apostle Paul was uh, trying to settle a dispute among the Corinthians and he told them, uh, you know, there should be demonstration of power. It shouldn't just be, you know, you guys just you know, boasting at each other. So the power, uh, the power shows us who has the real thing. And the real thing is you, you know, you worship God, you get people to renounce their sins and you command demons and sicknesses to come out and they come out. Or in the case of uh, receiving a blessing, you ask the father in Jesus name, and then you act as if it's for something lawful. And then you act as if you're receiving it. So, you, so an example of acting like you receive it is you praise and thank God for it and you fill yourself with joy and you visualize that you have it per uh, Philippians 4.8 or Proverbs 23.7. Uh, or in the case of uh, you with that knee of yours, you you rip off your knee brace and you say, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. First Peter 2.24. And you just start walking and you say, I'm healed. And, Jesus, and then that's when the power hits you. Or in the case of me needing a job back in 2015, I said, that's it. I have a job. And I started fasting and telling everyone I have a job in Jesus name. I'm just looking for it. I have a job in Jesus name. And uh, that's when I got a dream of being employed at a wonderful place that uh, it's a wonderful job. And 42 days later, I had that job. So amen. Right. That's that's how you make the power. Those are some of the ways you make the power flow. 
And it's not rocket science. It's very plain in the word. Amen. Or you went into a whole faith teaching there, but I'm trying to figure out what I asked you. I don't remember now. Uh, you but, asked me uh, uh, if the power is good. It's good to have power. And I said yes, and I gave examples. Amen. Okay, yeah. My knee, he just touched on it. I was crippled. And many of you listening to this were at the strike, the head of the serpent, the hunting thing. We had a building. Okay, people saw my leg. We had meetings there. John Ramirez packed out. Alan there doing healings all night long. I got videos. I'll show you videos of demons blowing out of people. The power of God flowing. But I was crippled. Yeah. Now, it took the Lord teaching me that the word is medicine for me to get healed. I had to get to a place where I was injecting the word of God into my body. How? By declaring and decreeing, laid claim to Isaiah 53, and I said, thank you, Lord, my knee is healed in Jesus' name. And I just started walking. And there was pain. It got worse. But I kept going. I kept confessing. I kept thanking the Lord for the breakthrough. And I said, your word is medicine to my body. That's right. I get that from Proverbs. Those that find it, it would be medicine. That's what it says in Proverbs. So I found one of the words I know is medicine. And boom, I was healed. It was terrible. It took nine months or a year for my leg to get break out of that. So the teachings that we're giving you have power. What we're teaching you has legitimate results. Now, uh, this whole teaching of complacency and being a passive believer, we are supposed to just die and do nothing. That's your choice. Okay, if you if you feel the Lord's calling you just to be wasted off the planet as a sheepy, then that's what whatever. But that we don't all have to be like that, you see? Now, I feel the Lord is impressing it upon me to learn some survival type skills. And you're going to say you're looking to save your life, you're going to die now. Okay, whatever. Whatever. That psyop ain't going to work on me. I'm planting. I got a bunch of buckets coming. I'm doing sweet potatoes. I got cassava farm plants, eight of them, ten of them now. Yucca plants. Fishing poles coming with my drone to carry the the, the hook all the way out 100 yards. In case I got to get fish. There's nothing wrong with that. Because I don't know what's coming. But I don't get a good sense in my spirit right now about where we are as a nation. Now, Jesus told them to run to mountains. I know some of you right now would argue with Jesus. You would approach him and you would say, you just told them to save their life. Now they're going to lose it. You're in error, Jesus. We rebuke you. I mean, that would go on, right? I mean, it's that crazy. That's how they take the context of Scripture and bend it to create a psyop to make everybody complacent and passive that they just die and conform. 
Not me. Not people listening to this broadcast. You go on our Telegram group, there's people there sharing knowledge on how to grow and do farming and different types of farming I never even knew about, where you don't even need soil. I never knew about this. Now, the reason I bring that up with the sweet potatoes is because my mother told me that during the Depression, you see, this whole white privilege thing you hear about, my family didn't have that. My family was pushed over into the coal mines in Pennsylvania, and many of them died of black lung. The Polish people, that's where they were. That's where my family came from. They were poor. They were put underground three miles on trolleys loaded with 50 people at a time and rammed under the earth with no unions. So I don't know what you're talking about, white privilege. These black folk running around. We were persecuted. Yeah, my family was injected three miles underground with black lung. And then when they finally got a little bit of money, the Great Depression came. And they were straggling around. White privilege. Another lie and a psyop of the Marxist satanic system to create division. The same way the perverted doctrines are in the church, where we can't share each other's burdens anymore to fulfill the law of Christ because everybody's warring. I got the truth. You ain't got nothing because the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the truth. I got news for you. I got news for you. The Lord is not happy with what's going on with these perverted doctrines. And I got news for you. Those that are going around preaching the complacency and the fall in line are in error too. Get away from them. Jesus said, run, flee. That is putting faith into action when you believe Jesus and do it. Because he said it. When you do what he says, you're in faith. And when you're in faith, you're pleasing the Father. And when you're pleasing the Father, blessings flow. Now, the, we talk about uh, many times on here, me and Alan. And Wolfenstein's not here again sleeping. So, pray that he can get up in the morning. But we talk about biblical precedent, meaning if you see it in Scripture, it's doable. And we read in Genesis 41, verse 49, Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. You see, he knew through a dream, that a famine was coming. And he put faith into action. He believed that the Lord was showing him the problem coming for a reason. 
You see, today, in the cake big flim flammers that are going around indoctrinating people with falsenessness, they would say, oh, the Lord showed you the famine's coming? Just die. Because if you do anything else, you'd be saving your life and you're going to go to hell. And some will tell you you get cleansed in hell. It's a washing machine now. So I guess it's good to go to hell. That's another problem. It's all twisted text, man. So much perversion of the gospel. So much perversion of the context of scripture. He received the dream. He was shown the problem. And he took measures. Did he not, Alan? Yes, he did. He uh, knew that there'd be seven years of great excess. And I think he said uh, we should store one-fifth of all the abundance that there is for seven years. And through that, there was plenty. And one of the reasons we know outside the Bible that this did take place is that they found some woman in her tomb and uh there was some in letter she wrote where where she you know that was placed upon her when she died or near her nearby her and she said i sent a servant to joseph to bring back food and he did not come back something like that so yeah he definitely did store up enough and he saved many he was used of god to save many lives and he even was used of god to bring his brothers to him to reconcile to him. Amen. He stored up for the time of trouble. Amen. So he was shown the problem and he took measures. Right? Right. You think that's bad? Does anybody think it's bad? No, it, it's it's great to prepare for the time to come. It's great to have a store of righteousness like memorizing Bible verses, a history of acting on God's word, uh, stored up in your heart for when the devil comes to tempt you. That's why a good prayer is given to us by the Lord Jesus. Uh, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's a great prayer because, you know, First uh, Peter 4.12 says, uh, Think it not strange, brethren, at the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing was happening. You know, the devil's going to test your faith. He's going to test my faith. He's going to test Richard's faith. We've got to be ready for that time so we can pass God's test and receive the reward. Get the good report. Get the reward. Amen. You see, he was shown the problem and he took measures. The cake-baked flim-flammers will tell you that's wrong. That you're saving your life now, you will die and go to hell. It's so weird. Because when you ask them, do you lock your door? They say, yeah. And I said, okay, so why? Why are you locking your door? Oh, uh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just die. Okay, do what you want. I'm tired of it. It's a psyop. And we are occupying till he comes. We are doing our prayer meetings, mass deliverances. Me, John Ramirez, 360 people in there. People testimonies coming in. People healed vertigo last night. The exploits carry on. But we also take measures 
prepare. There's nothing wrong with it. If you know a storm is coming, you prepare. It's logic. It's, did you know the gift of having common sense is a gift? Like, God has given you common sense. If a storm is coming, there's nothing wrong with tying down things in your property, securing the windows, getting batteries, and stuff like that. It's just, it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Stop feeling bad. You're not going to hell. You've been so indoctrinated with this crazy preaching. Now, we just showed you Jesus said to flee, run your ass off, basically, to escape the Antichrist. And you might say, oh, he was talking about that time with Judea. Scripture is multi-level revelation. That's why he talked about the desolation, what Daniel was speaking on. What I say unto you, I say unto all, the Lord said. Multi-level revelation of the word of God. And the Jews have a term for that. Alan's going to tell you the term. It's called pardes. And pardes is a, uh, you know, uh, stands for uh, Hebrew words that amount to surface level, hints, uh, inquire, or mystery, S-H-I-M. So uh, there's four levels. They, according to Pardes, there's four levels of interpretation to every verse of Scripture. Amen. There you go. you got to meditate on the word to glean the revelation. Now, you could get in trouble with that, too. I've seen people... Do like hypergleaming whether in another world with scripture. It has to balance with the word in complete context. Okay? Now, we just touched on the fallacy of complacency and passivity when you know a storm is coming. And I got news for you a storm is coming. Economic storm. What are you going to do if the supply chain goes down? What are you going to do if you can't get medications and certain things? Faith is going to be your only way out. Oh, yeah. The power of believing the word of God can sustain you in anything. But you need to be taught how to apply it. If you're not, that's an issue. That's what we kind of do. We With our telegram, you join that, and we get it, we teach, we pray, we get engaged in prayer, communion. And I will tell you this, the storm coming with economic shakeup could be devastating. So all I'm saying to you is take measures to prepare. And I am learning, and I have been for a while, uh, my farming skills. Okay? Alan, I encourage you should also do that. 
Okay. Um, yeah, I got a yeah, bunch okay. of food stored up. Pray, I, I just guess I shouldn't uh, tell yeah, the Yeah, well, world you that. know, that's not enough, bro. Because well, now I'm also learning to I'm also learning to uh, uh, divide up. You know, you know how Jesus divided up the loaves and the fish and and it multiplied unto. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna pray into that also. Uh, okay, so gonna, there will be plenty here. He's just gonna supernaturally get all his food. Okay. Uh, well, I got no. I got, yeah. I got I got some uh, you know canned food here. I got a good some stacks of it. So uh, all right, sh- uh, I'll be okay. I'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Well. You're not heeding to the warning of the show. All right. Well, uh, and you're on the show, and you're listen, you're, listen, you're, listen. It's September, and it's New York. What am I going to grow you're, here you're, in September you're, you're, in New York? You're you're coming against our show, bro. I'm, I don't want to come against the show. It's just that it's September. I think you're it's too cool. For school, but I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. What's up, Ben Stiller? What is it? You're not Richard, too cool, bro. This is, Richard, it's New York in September. You can't grow anything here. Yes, in you can, bro. You can you get can. your slips ready for your sweet potatoes. There's a way What's you a... could store them. Now, um, I was touching on my family how they were put into the coal mines, uh, stuffed under there, and then they had to go through the Great Depression. There's no white privilege. These people, white privilege. Okay, my family fought their way up from poverty and slavery underground in coal mines. Came over here from Poland. That's where they stuffed them. Now, my mother told me that in the Depression, my, they had to eat my Polish family. White privilege, you know what their white privilege was? They lived off sweet potatoes. They grew them. And this is why I'm doing it, by the way. Alan can make fun of it, but... Um, I'm not I'm, making fun yeah, of it. Yeah, a little bit. No. Uh, you're coming against me? Now, I'm not uh, coming against you. <laughs> all right, check it out, right? You get the potato grow bags on Amazon. You could get a ton of them for like five of them for like 20 bucks. With the window on the side, you fill them with the soil. You can grow, you know, 100 pounds of sweet potatoes anywhere with the grow bags because they're grow. You just put the soil in there. Now, my family lived off them years ago because, and they didn't even have a way of cooking them. So what they did was they took a can, they lit a piece of coal, and they stuffed the coal in the can. They put the potato in the can and they had a string or a wire on the, on the can, and they would put holes on the side of the can. Okay? On the side of the can with holes. And they would spin the can with the potato in it, and it would get real hot. And then that would cook the potato. They were spinning them around. During the Great Depression, this is how they survived. This is what I've learned. And the spinning of the can, it would heat up the coal and would get the can so hot, it became like an oven and cooked a potato. So you needed a can, a coal, and a potato, and you had your meal. 
I'm telling you this because we don't know where this is going. It's good to have the knowledge and to be prepared rather than not to be prepared. And I'll show you why in a second. All right. Because if God is letting the hedge down and you've seen the satanic libtards grow, that's because the hedge is coming down. See, there's a cup of iniquity. When the Lord told Abraham the cup of Ammonites is not full yet, he was talking about the cup of iniquity. Read about the cup of iniquity in the book of Revelation. There's a certain level of sin where God breaks his silence. And the cup of iniquity was starting to get leveled off a little when Trump was able to bring in these judges to reverse Roe and Wade. That is a way where you could start going in the right direction. Stop the slaying of babies is one of them. The satanic spawns have not been dealt with appropriately and are festering as the sons of Belial in the land. Did you know that Satan has agents in human form? Satan has agents in human form. They're called tares. Much what Judas was. A tear. Agents of Satan in the flesh. They're called the sons of Belial. That's what scripture calls them. They're not going to get right with God. They want to keep pressing towards Satan, their God. They're agents of the devil. And they are pressing towards the perversion of children. They don't have any conscience about it whatsoever. What they're doing to children by amputating their their penises. I mean, this is unbelievable levels of Satanism. We've entered in, like I touched on earlier, we're not in Kansas anymore. Really, we're not. Fifteen years ago, if I would have told you they'd be chopping the children's penises off and not being able to tell the parents, and if the parents would disagree, they would go to jail. If I told you that, you would never believe. Would you believe it, Alan, 15 years ago? I would not have believed it. You know, back in the early 2000s, they just wanted to be accepted. They just wanted to come out of the closet. They just wanted to get married. Then they wanted us to bake the cake. And now we're at the point where if you don't, you know, cheer on and participate in the cutting off of the child's penis, uh, you're a transphobe, you bigot. And uh, frankly, uh, because Galatians 6, 7 and uh, Romans 2, 6 and many others say everybody must reap what they sow. And it's so obvious everyone must reap what they sow that even the unbelievers call that karma. So you got all these people running around talking about how being trans is so great. And you got these doctors with these these vacant stare white women doctors uh, participating in this mutilating surgery and calling it this great triumph of humanity. And uh, they're going to reap one day. And it's real obvious how they're going to reap one day because the kids, if they make it through the 40% suicide rate, those 60% that don't kill themselves after this trans surgery, 
they're pit, they're going to be pissed and they're going to go looking for these doctors. They're going to go looking for these trans activists. They're going to go looking for these teachers and it's not going to be a pretty sight. So uh, if I had to, you know, sell life insurance policies on doctors that perform this surgery or, you know, activists that think this is a great idea and are promoting it, uh, I wouldn't, I would charge really, really, really high premiums or just not sell the policy. Amen. Alan's enjoying the fruits of being on Rumble. (laughs) I don't think we'd get away with that on YouTube. Okay. (laughs) Man. Let me tell you something right now, people. Tiller the baby killer in Kansas. God, guy says God raised him up to handle that guy. But I will tell you this. God's removing the hedge. And I'll give you a reason why I know that. Amos chapter 3, verse 6. And these are the rhetorical questions in the book of Amos. Does anybody know what a rhetorical question? What's a rhetorical question, Alan? Uh, my brain is fried right now. Uh, this is where you were. Tr- I was trying to make you look smart. Uh, you know, thank you, Richard. Uh, uh, rhetorical questions, the question where the answer is so obvious you shouldn't even be asking it. Is that what it is? Right. Thanks. Man, I struggled to make you look smart for a minute. <laughs> you take Google away from yeah. Alan is a problem, but you know, no, don't say that. I, I, I reject that in Jesus name. Huh? You know what? I always hoped you would have got was Google glass. You remember Google glass? Cause that would put the Google right on your eye, but that would weaken your brain. You know, it's, it's the other day I said to myself, you know what, even though I'm driving home and for a thousand times I've turned on the navigation to drive myself home today, I'm not going to do it. Cause you know, my brain should work a little harder and get used to working more often. Cause I used to travel around Los Angeles. Los Angeles is gigantic. And I used to get around pretty well just off of my memory. And it's not like that today in New York, partly because I relied on the navigation and maybe I shouldn't rely on it as much and should start memorizing the area. Cause you know, it's good to use our brains. Amen. Alan's advice today is use your brain people. There you go. Just like he had to do. He had a struggle, but he was able to churn up a thought and that a a rhetorical question, he was right, took a little mojo to get it out of him, but a rhetorical question when it's so obvious, it's really just a statement question, a statement question, okay? And, And God's using a statement question in Amos 3, shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Amos 3, verse 6, shall there be evil in a city and the Lord not brought it? Okay, that's the rhetorical. Let me think about what God's saying. What do you think God's saying? Uh, It's obvious that everyone reaps what they sow, and it's obvious that God will punish sin. See, that's the thing. God is love. God is loving. God is loving, merciful, disposed to show favors, gracious, kind, generous, righteous, loving, merciful, and gracious. He delights in mercy. He's rich in mercy. He's full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy, and very great are his mercies. And God is also holy. And what holiness means is he's separated from sin. It means, it means God must punish sin. God must 
either forgive sins through the blood of Christ or he must punish sins by sending that sinner to hell. God, but mercy rejoices against judgment. God wants to forgive everyone. Forgive everyone. God wants everyone to come to Jesus and be saved and have their sins forgiven. But that's not what comes to pass. And God is forced to punish sin. God, he will tearfully, God will tearfully send a sinner that he loves and died for to hell, but he will send him to hell full of tears. He will send him because God is a just judge. God is righteous. He must either forgive sins through the blood of Christ or he must punish it in hell. So yeah, it's, um, amen. And you brought us down a long road there of teachings. Um, I guess what I was trying to ask him is what this means. Is God going to be the one responsible for bringing evil to a city? Is he, Alan, or am I reading it wrong in the rhetorical? No, he will bring evil to the city if they have it coming. He must punish sin. Amen. The Lord's doing it. It says it right here. With all the other rhetoricals listening, in the context of the rhetoricals, in Amos 3, this is one of them. The evil comes to the city. The Lord is allowing the hedge. The hedge in the book of Isaiah, I encourage you to read about the hedge. There is a spiritual hedge on us, but there's also hedges on nations. What can corrode your hedge is what they're doing to children right now. Okay, that cup of iniquity overflowing. Now, we establish God does it. God is removing the hedge of this nation, whether you want to believe it or not. Because the satanic libtards have continued on. Some of them tares, actual beings of Satan, the sons of Belial. They should have been thrown and tossed out. That's how you deal with it. But we everything's politically correct these days. But everybody would have died if they didn't throw out Jonah out of the boat. The one's disobedience would have killed everyone. Right, Alan? I mean, they tossed him out and they saved them. They, the libtards, the satanic spawns of Satan have to be dealt with in the natural. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, it says, uh, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And uh, God used Israel as an instrument to carry out justice on the nations. So, yeah, we got to return witchcraft. Uh, sevenfold per Psalm seventy nine twelve, and uh, we got to pray for that they reap what they sow, so that uh, their days not be long on the earth, and uh, our children can enjoy the peaceable fruits of righteousness on this earth. Amen. They all should be. They should be imprisoned, every one of them, for what they're doing to children, and for the treason. These are just current laws. Treason, mutilating children, raping children, pedophilia, they all should be either hung or imprisoned. That's how you deal with it. 
That's like tossing out of the boat. Now you're not in a storm anymore. You got rid of the disobedience. Literally. That's not going on because the justice system is perverted now. And now if you are one that wants to do good, you are now the enemy. It's inverted. We're in a very, very peculiar time, people. And if we know this, and that the judgments are flowing, let's just look at Jeremiah 25. Because God doesn't change. The covenant of grace through Calvary and the atonement power of the cross is our way to salvation. That's changed. The fulfillment of the law. However, we have to walk it out. We don't walk in sin. We don't walk in idolatry, adulteries, and fornication, the works of the flesh, and Galatians 5, 19 through 21, because we know they'll keep us from the kingdom. Now, Jeremiah 25, verse 8 Therefore, the Lord Almighty says this, because you have listened, not listened to my words, I will summon all the people of the north and my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, declares the Lord, and I will bring them against this land and the inhabitants and against all the surrounding nations. I will completely destroy. Notice that someone wicked, he made his servant. And you might say, that's weird. Why did he do that? Because when you get to a level where someone that was you perceive wicked is probably not as wicked as the people that are being judged have become wicked, that's what's going on. That's why people post things about Russia. Russia got getting wrong with homosexuality. Russia's not doing transgenderism. Russia is is uh, stabilizing the family unit. And you're like, wow, I thought Russia was evil. But then you're like, whoa, well, wait a minute. How come they're applying biblical principles and not promoting immorality? Aren't they supposed to be evil? Gee, we're being lied to. Look what's going on in Ukraine. The capital of human trafficking, uh, pedophilia trafficking all throughout Turkey, taking the children. Zelensky now has eight homes all over the world, has millions of dollars now. Where's he getting all the money? Why is all our money going to him? It's all bullcrap, people. And they got the straw man. Don't you want to destroy the bad guy? We need to protect the border. And I'm like, oh, good. We're going to protect the border? Not our border. Their border. Why? Why do I got to pay billions of dollars to protect their border? What about our border? Bringing over millions and millions and millions of people. Raising all our property tax. Upside down world, people. You see it? Are you seeing it? G- 
Continuing on in Jeremiah 25. I will destroy them and make them an object of horror and scorn and an everlasting ruin. I will banish from them the sounds of gladness. Oh, gee. Gee. God's using someone that we perceive wicked to be his servant to come against us here because obviously they were wicked too. And God brought Nebuchadnezzar to a place of repentance for pride later, you know. Turned him into an animal. That's why Belshazzar knew the word from Daniel was correct when the writing came on the wall. They knew it was screwed. They knew it. They knew even though their walls were so thick that it wouldn't stop. It wouldn't stop Persia from coming in. And I got news for you. This nation has not learned. The satanic libtards, the liberals have not learned. They call themselves liberals, right, Alan? Is that what they call themselves? They call that sounds very uh, uh, unswervingly benevolent of them to call themselves liberals when they're the uh, soy latte version of the 1950s communists that were in Russia. So, yeah, we're the soy version of what Russia was back in the 1950s. It's really sad. So, yeah, <laughs> liberals. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> They call themselves liberals. It's yeah, funny. I, it is funny. I got to admit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. We're liberals. <laughs> We're right. for freedom. We're liberal people. We want to take away your car. We want to force you to have a battery-powered car. We want to force you to eat bugs. We don't want you to have that hamburger. We don't want you to have a ceiling fan. We don't want you to have an oven. We don't want you to have an air conditioner. We don't want you to have a dishwasher. We don't want you to be able to travel. We don't want you to be able to do anything. We want you to be hot, stagnant, eating bugs, and sitting around and listening to us. But we're liberal! Whatever. We just want to be left alone and free. Meanwhile, they they want nothing but then to impose their will on us childishly. And if we don't obey them, then we are Nazi bigots. That's what that's their logic. Yeah. Um, whatever, guys, just keep it to yourselves and we're all going to be just fine. Amen. Yeah, they always use a word to like describe what they're not. It's like. Black Lives Matter. You know, it's, it's, it's all bull crap. They went into a real estate enterprise. <laughs> they didn't help anybody. They just yeah, became, Candace. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she, Candace, that, uh, I forget, I'm forgetting her last name now, but that beautiful black woman, Candace, went knocking on the door of the founder of Black Lives Matter at her mansion 
to ask her, hey, it looks like you bought a nice house. Who did you help? And, uh, you know, the door was not answered. And uh, it's not clear who was really helped other than the founders or founder of Black Lives Matter. So it's, yeah, they basically collected a lot of money and did nothing. Amen. It's all bullcrap, people. They name themselves Matter. They name themselves liberal, but they're Nazi, Stasi style. That's right. The Ku Klux Klan was a democratic organization. Hitler was a leftist. That's right. The conservative party tried to blow him up with a suitcase. Check it out. That's why the libtards love Hitler. They act, they act like they don't. They call everybody else Hitlers, but secretly they love his ideas. That's where they get their brown shirt ideas. BLM, brown shirts under the guise of Black Lives Matter. Now I'll come stamp you out, political opponent. Brown shirts, that's what the Nazis used. Antifa, brown shirts. And there you go again, anti-fascist. They have that name in their name, but it's bullcrap. They are the fascists. They are the brown shirts. Pimping for the matter of the Stasi system. Through violence to shut down the opposition of the, of the political conservative party. But they use a fake name. Anti-fascist. Meanwhile, they are the fascists. Liberal. With the idea, hey, must be good. They're liberal. It's about liberty. No, it's not. They just announced they want air conditioners now. Ceiling fans. Burgers. Your car. They want a car where you can only go 40 or 50 miles and now you're dead. You can't go anywhere else. They're taking away travel. They're not liberal. They're satanic. Antifa. Brown shirts. They get the ideas from Hitler. Gestapo. Gee, it's like they read mine come from Hitler, didn't they? Now they have the DOJ and the FBI, don't they? Oh, yeah. They learned about the power of the Gestapo, and they're using their Gestapo. Look what they're doing to Trump. That's the Gestapo. The Nazi party, when you research them, they went after all the lawyers. They persecuted the lawyers. Why? So the lawyers would not stand up to help anybody that the Gestapo was attacking. Look what they're doing to Trump's lawyers. You think they're going to stop with Trump? You don't know what's going on. These are not liberals. They're totalitarianists. That's what they are. Now, the Lord says he will remove joy and gladness. All the sounds of it. You ever hear the sounds of joy and gladness? Boom! Being removed. 
I wonder what would come when sounds of joy and gladness are removed, Alan. What would replace that? Uh, Weeping and gnashing of teeth and uh, sadness, uh, great hunger, despair, dead people in the streets, and uh, endless, endless, endless non-American, non-English speaking people who hate your guts all around like that not going to be good it's not going to be <laughs> you know everybody you know everybody happy and this is God judging a nation that's hedge was taken down for sin the satanic libtards prevailed and the hedge was depleted and now Nebuchadnezzar who they said was evil all of a sudden gets, hey, he's my servant. I'm going to use him to rip you down. Wait a minute, we are children. Uh, Well, that's kind of shifted a little now because of sin, iniquity, and transgression, and you would not listen to the word of God and the prophets. You would not listen to, the, to turn from it. Now the hedge is down, and now you're going to deal with it. There it is. The sound of joy and gladness. Boom. Gone. What does he do next? Let's see. Remove the voice of the bride and the bridegroom. Okay. That's the problem. Marriage is coming down. And that's actually happening. Right now. Literally manifesting. In a slight up pang. You know what a pang is? birth pang well that's something that's building up increasing this is i know it's hard to hear but this is the lord has not changed he judges sin like alan touched on earlier and the covenant has been shifted towards grace and it's easier to get in now and too much is given much is required People stampeding on that covenant. Oh, it's going to be worse. Because Jesus paid for it. Had to go through a lot. Now, the Lord says through Nebuchadnezzar, I'm going to send him down who you said was evil, but now I'm saying he's my servant. And I'm going to send him down and to rip you up. The sounds of joy and gladness, the voice of the bride and the bridegroom, boom, gone. And the sound of the millstone and the light of the lamp. Now, this is important, guys. This is important. Let me reread that so you get it. The sound of the millstone and the light of the lamp. Understand, this has to do with food production. This has to do with the work mindset of a nation. And the power, the power grid. You see where I'm going with this? You hear a lot of people talking about the power grid. 
The Lord says right here, the light of the lamp. How are you prepared for a saboteur that has been let through our porous southern border? Chinese nationalists, military age, 1,100% have gone up in the past year. Have been, and that's just that we know of, have injected their way into this country. Agents of the dragon. What are you going to do if a saboteur, one of them, took down some power stations? What are you going to do? The sound of the millstone. The light of the lamp. You see? The targets. How this can take away that sound of joy and the the bridegroom and the bride. When these things are hit, people, things change. Verse 11, the whole country will become a wasteland of desolation. Gee, it sounds to me like the Lord knows how to get your attention. No, Alan? What do you think? The Lord is wildly, wildly, wildly brilliant and omniscient. He knows exactly how to get our attention, especially since he designed us uh, DNA cell by DNA molecule by DNA molecule. So he knows, and God is the Word, and the Word knows how to communicate. Amen. Guys, we got to be prepared for the judgments that are rolling out. And I know it's global at this point. The totalitarianism is global. The pale horse, global. We're seeing the control moving towards the mark. But what I'm saying is the, and the, the devil is using all the elements of the horses, the pangs, to lure people into control. Oh, yeah. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to be a member of that tribe? Of the mark of the beast. Do you? Alan, do you want to be? I do not want to take the mark of the beast. I don't want to be in that tribe. I want to love God, follow Jesus, and love and help my fellow man uh, until the day I'm taken off the earth. And if evil comes looking for me, God forbid, uh, I will definitely flee as far as I can. Amen. We don't want to be a member of the tribe of the mark of the beast people. And this is all getting you ready. And the enemy knows the judgment's being rolled out and is going to use them to force you into compliance. Just like they used the pang of the pale horse to move you into compliance. To the white horse in Revelation 6, the conquering Nimrodic spirit with the dart, the poisonous dart. Look it up in the Greek. Now, if we know the sound of the millstone and the light of the lamp is going to be hit, 
What are we going to do to take preparations to sustain through it? Or are we going to go in the line of what the government has to offer us? Comply with what we are tallying you into this line to receive the mark and we'll give you aid. Not me. Not me, man. How about you, Alan? You're going to comply with the line of complying to the people that need government assistance to survive? Can you say that again? Am I going to comply with the government? Not necessarily. I mean, it says in Acts 529, uh, we ought to obey God rather than men. So if they issue some ungodly command, no, I don't have to. Well, the mark of the beast would probably be ungodly. I hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I yeah definitely tell them you know uh, my body my choice worked for them so now it's my turn. Amen. Yeah. Alan says the mark of the beast is probably part of the governmental control. He's probably not going to listen to. That's another thing. People are taking oh we must obey government. Okay, we'll receive the mark. No, you you don't receive the mark. You come out from among the whole system and learn. To sustain yourself. Now, Deuteronomy 28, some of the curses. Of, going over some of the curses here because we know this is what could come rather soon. And this is talking about other curses in the land. Deuteronomy 28, verse 43, I believe here. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher. G. Where is that happening, Alan? That's happening every time uh, some illegal aliens come over the southern border pregnant and then squat out a baby and then present it to immigration. And the baby is branded a citizen for no reason in opposition to, I think it's the 14th Amendment, which was explicitly written not to grant citizenship to the children of non-citizens. And... um, then that because of that child citizen, so to speak, then that child is getting Social Security. And if I'm not mistaken, the parents also get EBT cards. So um, that's all from tax money, from tax paying, hardworking Americans that are already suffering through uh, doubled gas prices and tripled inflation. Uh, so it's a it's a great burden that we're going to have to bear They They are prospered on purpose and they're also given free health care. So meanwhile, yeah, like I said this a few weeks ago, I'll say it again. The lady across the street who cleans the house, she arrives in a brand new car worth at least five times as much as the uh, 15-year-old car I drive. Now, I've made a conscious choice not to have a new car, but, you know, why are they so wildly prospered? Because there's general iniquity in the land and the wicked people running this country want to prosper people that don't care about the Constitution. So, yeah, it's a grievous times we're living in. Amen. Yeah. And it's literally listed here in Deuteronomy 28, verse 43. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you. Higher and higher, says the Lord, but you will sink lower and lower. This is a curse for disobedience. This is allowing the satanic libtards to keep going. They dragged us into the curse. They tossed Jonah out of the boat so they can get peace. 
the witchcraft of Jezebel took the peace. They had her be ripped down. Political correctness. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. It's happening now. Verse 44. They will lend to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head and you will be the tail. All these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed. Because you did not obey the Lord your God. Gee, let me think about that. Gee, let me think about that. These foreigners that are coming in, millions of them. By the way, Maria will tell you, they on her job. The dreamers, they don't pay. They get what's called national health care. You know what national health care is? You paying their, their health care. You. Maria's got to pay the 800 a month. Not them. Not them. So these work permits that they're talking about giving all the illegals, guess what you're paying their health care and you're paying your health care and they can work wherever you're working did you know that they're working at the post office they call them dreamers we pay their health care they make more money than Maria. How? How is that possible? Because they don't get, have to pay Blue Cross. You're paying it for them. These illegals that they're going for the permits now, half a million Venezuelans, they're starting with, right? They're starting with that. Guess what? You're paying their health care and you're paying your health care. And they're going to work jobs that you're working. Which makes them making more money than you at the end of the month. Let me read it again. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 43. The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher. But you will sink lower and lower. This is going on right now. The curses are flowing, guys. Why are we pointing this out to you? To alert you and tell you that you should be taking preparations. You should be understanding the hour that we're in. And take heed. These hordes that they're allowing in right now are also committing devastating crime. My mother said and told me they're driving brand new $80,000 trucks, pickup trucks. Where are they getting all the money? Where are all the illegals getting all this money? 
I don't have an $80,000 truck. But they do. So of course they want to keep coming over here. They're getting all the money. This is unbelievable. And the liberals, honk honk, are the ones allowing this. Because they're liberal. They're about liberty for everybody else but you. They want to protect the Ukraine border. They want to destroy and desolate you and replace you like invasion of the body snatchers. You wake up with Pablo Pod next to you. And you're like, what's that, Pablo? And then it opens up and it's you. But you're being replaced. And the replacement has got free health care. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? But you're still paying it. This is crazy, people. Come on. Understand. We're showing you this so you see that it is happening now. And if it is, and you see what we're saying is true, then you know the hour we're in. The sound of the millstone halted. The sound of joy and gladness halted. How are you going to prepare for it? What are you going to do? If you can't see what's going on in the markets right now, all this free money they pumped out is created a bubble on the market. And the market's just starting to realize it. That's why you see the inverted bond yield. These are all telltale signs for a hard recession. And who do you think is going to keep paying for all these illegals? What are they going to do when they're not getting their checks and free health care? You better believe it. Revelation 6, the red horse, pang. Hatred for one another, wanting to kill one another. You're going to have to learn about locking your door. Now save your life, you'll lose it. Whatever. You sustain. You're worse than an infidel if you don't provide protection for your family. Spiritually, physically, financially, and emotionally. With that, we're going to be closing out. Alan, can you summarize some of the stuff we touched on? It was a lot. Richard, I do apologize. I, I so greatly enjoyed this show we just did. I forgot to take notes. So uh, I might have to listen to it again. But if you just worship God, follow Jesus, tithe, hand out tracts, and and love your fellow man, and uh, God will prosper you through this whole mess. And uh, yeah, I'll have to listen, listen to the show again to write that summary. So, But I All greatly right, enjoyed this it. This whole hour and a half, Alan summarizes by... Just listen to God and be blessed. <laughs> well, you know, if you worship God, hand out tracks, tithe, and help your fellow man, God will bless you. No, love, Alan, love Alan usually has God a, will bless you. Uh, yeah, Alan usually keeps a list of things we skirted through, because I don't even remember them, to be honest with you. But we touched on a lot of things here, but I wanted to point out that the importance of identifying where we are spiritually as a nation Is the hedge intact? I don't think so. We're seeing a rise of totalitarian totalitarian regimes all over the world. And the pang 
of the black horse is very real. I'm saying prepare. I'm saying get the understanding of harvest. I learned from my mother about the sweet potatoes during the Depression, how my family survived. I said, wow, maybe that's some good knowledge. How do they, sweet potato, I guess, is good. You can survive off certain things, guys. You don't want to be bitch smacked into the tribe of the mark of the beast. And that's what they're going to do. Through chaos comes their order, which is Antichrist. That's how they get it. They need their boogeymans to get you to comply. They need the events to get you corralled. You're not going to corral. You're going to come out. You're going to know to sustain. You're going to be prepared and understand what point we are at right now. Amen? Amen. With that being said, join our Telegram group. The link will be in the comments. Alan, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy violation of the Shabbat. Thank you for having me, Richard. Always a great time, especially today. Praise be to God forever. Amen. God bless you, and we are getting ready to burn rubber out. We'll be back next week, but we will be in the prayer group. Join our prayer group, people. We can't wait to see you there. I think we got 54 people in there or something now, right? Yeah. Uh, It's growing. We'll see you there, and God bless you all. Good night, good day. Let's